I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you're listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. It's been a while. How you been doing, Buck? It's been a minute. Doing doing good. It's been a couple years. That's what you let me know. Uh, Late December 2020 was our last upload. Pretty, Pretty sad, but thank you for anybody that is still listening to us. And we're uh, we're hopeful to get a you know a better schedule back going. on track. Make make it yeah, make it a little bit more consistent. We've definitely had a lot of life changes though over those two years, if nothing else. Yeah, lots of them. We each have uh, extra kids since that point. <laughs> That's right, and that that pretty much marked when I was overseas. Um, I think we oh, may yeah. have done a couple episodes while I was overseas, but I, I cannot remember for the life of me. Think we, yeah, I think we did one or two, yeah. It wasn't many. Yeah, the late 2020 that, ones, you were there. Yeah, that uh, that time difference between uh, the States and the UK was uh, a bumpy road. And then I had my second child while well, me and my wife were over there, and that was that was a struggle. At that's least a, in the podcast that's a lot. Room, so. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we I had are – Second we child are, and yeah. lots, lots yeah. of changes. Yeah, for sure. So we're both feeling that. Uh, But we did want to get back to it here at the beginning of 2023. Uh, Maybe it's a New Year's resolution. Who knows? Uh, But what we wanted to do was deliver to the to our listeners kind of our take on 2022 Game Awards, but with totally um, different awards, except for a couple of them. Things that were a little bit more interesting to us. We've all heard, you know what the games of the year were, what the RPG of the year was, all that stuff. You know, if it wasn't Elden Ring or God of War, I mean, I don't know of too many other games that won, but... That's uh, basically game, everything. Yeah. I mean, the Game Awards, uh, Keely, you're doing a good job, but I'm only there for the game trailers. Let's be real. Yeah, that's that's literally it. And obviously, one kind of bad thing is it's like 90% Western devs there, which I mean, makes sense. Obviously it's over here, but it'd be cool to see more, you know, Eastern dev get some Capcom or some Square or something in there. I don't too, know what you're talking about. He brings Kojima over every year. Kojima is a Western developer <laughs> anymore, so. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, Buck, I know that both of us came up with a list of, of basically different awards or different types of games or memories from last year that we wanted to uh, kind of talk about. Which one of those did you want to bring up first? Well, I think we should definitely save Game of the Year for... I think that's the most boring one, but yeah, we can go ahead and you do that. You think that's the most boring? <laughs> I, Maybe. It could be. It's the most standard one we have. So That's probably true. Oh, okay, go ahead and get started then, Doug. For my game of the year, I'm not going to start yet, but I was going to say I got a couple honorable mentions and then my game of the year. So, but I'll let you get started. I'm curious to see uh, what your pick was. Oh, I don't yeah, think absolutely. we'll have the same one. We definitely won't. I got to preface <laughs> this by saying 2022 was not one of my favorite years in gaming. And it wasn't because there wasn't like an absolute truckload of good games that came out, because I think we were all very fortunate with the amount of solid titles that we saw this year. But for whatever reason, all the games that I was heavily anticipating this year and that I ended up buying, most of them let me down 
uh, in one way or another. And I played, I did a lot of just like replaying old games or playing comfort games for a lot of the year. I think a lot of that too. I mean, I I did the same thing, but I think a lot of it for me was just like a, a time issue. Just well, obviously we have really young kids and you never know when you're going to be able to get sometimes a few minutes here and there. Like I wanted to, you know, I bought Xenoblade in July and really wanted to play, but I put like three hours into it so far <laughs> because if like after a long day or something, or if I'm kind of spent, I don't want to, you know, sit down and have to think and really commit to something a huge new RPG. So I don't know if that was your issue at all, or that was definitely one of mine. It was kind of part of it. Um, looking back, I just feel like anytime I had a moment to play a game, I was just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to waste these 45 minutes that I have playing a game that may or may not be good. Cause like for the first like three or four months of 2022, that's basically how I felt, even though a ton of good games came out, they just weren't jiving with me. So in saying that, uh, my game of the year, I, it really shouldn't be any surprise to anyone is probably going to have to go to Elden Ring, even though it disappointed me in a lot of ways and proved to me that from software's formula with the Dark Souls and Bloodborne, that's the formula I want. Open world is not helping Elden Ring in my book. Part of that is due to the fact that I very rarely appreciate that uh, in a game. It does not bring me into the experience any more than a you know a, a well-tailored, scenario-driven, a level-based game like Dark Souls is. Even though, I mean you have a little bit of that that open-endedness where you can go to different areas and stuff like that. But Elden Ring is just so vast. Um, it's just, yeah, I get, I get lost in the vastness, and it just kind of takes away from that moment-to-moment tailored fun. Yeah, well, in two, the areas just aren't as... Everything doesn't flow as well, obviously, because you have so you have the freedom of choice and in, in what to do. So when they have to make such a huge, vast world, it's going to have a lot more, you know, dead areas and just something where where you just got like set piece to set piece to set piece. So I feel like yeah, Elden I mean, Ring kind of suffers from that of a lot of a uh, lot of uh, area, just kind of generic lands to progress and. Yeah, I don't know if I feel like the the lands are particularly generic or anything, because I think the game is beautiful, and I think the way that it is laid out is very cool and captivating when you discover a new area. A lot of the problem just comes to the the open-worldness that comes with the open-world design, is there just a lot of it feels empty, traveling between areas and trying to find different dungeons and things. I just feel like there's a lot of uninteresting moments and coming for and like a huge fan of dark souls as i am that game is always engaging constantly and if you're not engaged in it well you're gonna die that's just how it is because you have to be um there's just a lot of there's just a lot more downtime but it's saying that the open world and you know the, the beautiful graphics of the game that those are for a large amount of people. Like, I mean, that is the way the game design, it's moving towards that. As you can tell, a lot of games are adopting that kind of design, but the things that the game does well are all are the majority of the things that dark souls and, you know, demon souls, the games that came before did well. The combat is great. The secrets, the weapons, uh, the build diversity, 
the monster designs, all very interesting. The the game is when the scope in general is just huge. <laughs> yeah, the scope is 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 massive. Like, and even as you're going through the game, you can never quite grasp how large the game is as the map un- unfolds. Uh, it's kind of it, it kind of leaves you dumbstruck. But uh, for people that play open world games, you know maybe they've they've ran into that before. Um, my closest, like you know, games that I've played uh, for a decent bit is Skyrim, and I don't, I'm not sure that game's as big. I don't really know. Uh, it might be, but the the core gameplay is there, and I think all of the new additions, like having just like a ton more magic options, um, and just the build diversity is out of this world in comparison to the other games. Maybe maybe Dark Souls 2 is going to give it a run for its money with all of its its. Weapons. That's what I was going to say. That's the, the one thing 2 had going for it before with kind of the, the builds and PvP, and now Elden Ring's even kind of got one up on that. So. Oh, for sure. And, well, and plus you can, the new uh, downloadable content for it, the Coliseum stuff, you can play with your friends. You can set passwords and... Uh, you can have two, 2v2, two 3v3, and, and set it up with your buddies, which is great. I mean, Elden Ring, even though I, I still haven't even beaten the game, like, I've put at least 70 hours into my main character, and I've got a ton of other ones that I've started off, uh, started over with, playing with some buddies and things like that. The game overall is a good experience, but I, I tend to get bored a lot easier with it due to just how open-ended it is, and I, I think that's a detriment to the, the game design. I'm I'm hoping that Elden Ring is not the way forward for the series, but based on the way it's sold, I can't imagine it's not going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it has to be, right? I mean, it's been so successful. It, it cleaned up, obviously, at the Game Awards. It cleaned up on Chuck's Game Awards. <laughs> like, it's got to be the way of the future. Yeah, I can't I can't hate on it that much. It's just... I don't think it's the perfect from software game. Maybe Armored Core will be. Who knows? <laughs> Armored Core Six. Yes, and then I will say I do have one honorable mention, one game that I enjoyed uh, the heck out of, and I'm not even—I'm pretty sure it, it came out very, very early this year, um, and that was Infernax, uh, a little indie title that took a lot of inspiration from Metroidvania game design as well as especially from like Castlevania two, uh, which is weird to take inspiration from, but what can you do? Um, it was, it was a really fun side scrolling, you know, RPG experience, uh, where your decisions mattered and it kind of determined whether you were good or evil and what kind of endings you got, all that kind of normal stuff. Um, but the gameplay was solid and, uh, it, it, it's obviously not that expensive. I think it's like a ten or fifteen dollar game. Uh, that's Infernax, and you can get that on Steam, PS4, PS5, pretty much any of the consoles at this point. I'm gonna have to try that out. I hadn't even that wasn't on my radar at all, so that's one I'm definitely gonna have to check out. Yeah, it's one of those ones. It's like it's got like a bunch of like unlockable playthroughs too. Like you can unlock like Contra Man and run through it like that too if you put in the Konami code. So you know, nice. it's, you know, it it should be on our radar uh, with just that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, Buck, what is your game of the year, unless you want to do honorable mentions first? Yeah, I got a a couple honorable mentions here, and game of the year for me was kind of, like you said, it wasn't necessarily a down year for games. I just didn't necessarily have a ton of time, so I missed out on some of the heavy hitters there. I didn't play uh, Xenoblade, like I said earlier. I didn't 
get a play. I just uh, got Triangle Strategy for Christmas, so I'm looking forward to to checking that out. And I uh, just recently started Chained Echoes as well, which looks really cool. It's been getting awesome reviews, so I'm kind of hyped up for that. So hopefully that won't disappoint. But yeah, a couple honorable mentions here. Um, I think you played at least a little bit. You played Wonderlands, right? Of course I did. I, I pre-ordered that months in advance for sure. Did you even finish it? Cause that's one of my honorable mentions. Like I had a ton of fun with that game. I did not. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that one a little bit later, mostly. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll be touching on Elden Ring a little bit later too. But yeah, that's probably my favorite uh, Borderlands game overall, and I liked it. It was cool. You got to create a character and then meld a couple different classes together. I think I blazed through the the regular game in just a few days. There it was one of the the few times I had some some free times able to go through it and had a, a heck of a good time with Wonderlands. And that's uh, my first honorable mention. The second one, I'm not sure if you played this one or not. Did you play Stranger Paradise? I bought, well, okay, so I bought it and I haven't opened it. I played the absolute crap out of the demo um, at the beginning of the year and uh, had a very good time with it. But it was just one of those games I bought that I didn't jump into because there's too many good games like that January, February time frame. Yeah, it came out like almost a really close to the same time as Elden Ring. I remember that. Maybe it was February and Elden Ring was March or something, but I mean, they were close together. But yeah, I had a, a heck of a good time with that. The combat is absolutely fantastic. Calling it a, you know, a retelling of Final Fantasy One is what a heck of a stretch because the story's trash. But well, the the, the, the com- story in the original is is kind of trash too. But <laughs> trying they, to add they, like voice acting to a game that really doesn't have a plot. The it's... characters are just like I don't know. They almost seem like spoofs. Like they made them that bad on purpose. And they just talk about chaos every two seconds and. Everybody's yeah, that's like what I'd super like to think that maybe they they spoofed it a little bit, but man, I don't know. I don't know if Square Enix has that in them. I don't think they do, but it was <laughs> uh, it was bad. But the actual gameplay in the class system, like I'm a sucker for any time a good Final Fantasy game throws a, a good class system at me. And the combat, I think it was done by Team Ninja, which obviously like the Ninja Gaiden background stuff, and they they nailed it. It's Essentially like a Souls-like, but maybe a little more like Ninja Gaiden because the combat's a little more fluid than, you know, your normal run-of-the-mill Souls game and a little fancier, but the difficulty's still there, kind of like a Souls game. And I think if that'd be a game, if we did actually manage to co-op and play something together one of these days, I think that would be a, a good candidate because that game is a ton of fun. I haven't played it co-op, but even just by yourself going through and with your teammates that are not always the smartest, like the bosses are cool. The whole system, yeah, I can't say enough good things about the combat and, you know, Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise or whatever the technical title is. Yeah, for me, it was almost what I wanted Neo to be. That's the last Team Ninja game that I think that they worked on before this, uh, Neo 1 and 2. That game drove me nuts just because of, like, the equipment system and how much garbage you had to sip you through. Get- 7,000 broadswords, and they all have different stats. Yeah, and you do in this one, too, 
but there's not all those stats that you have to like look at and weigh if it's better than the other one or whatever. Well, this it's, one, there, there's literally an optimized button too, which you can optimize. That's what I, just what I've been doing. You optimize it for every class. When you change a class, you just hit the little square pad thing and it optimizes it automatically for you. Yeah, that feels good. And one of the best things is I went into it kind of trepidatious about like the jobs and if they'd feel that different. And the way that they like built out like the job trees, uh, the, the skill trees specifically, and how you level them up, kind of in a classic Final Fantasy tactic style, where you have to level up one job to unlock a different one or a, a selection of jobs. That was cool, and all of them do feel pretty unique. So I have to give them kudos for that. And you get bonuses from like if you just say, for example, you have dragoon, but then if you level up randomly in like pugilist you may get some kind of buff to dragoon in the pugilist skill tree like you get buffs to your what you might call your main job class from leveling other job classes too which is kind of interesting so it's they try and make sure you don't you know just max out one class and kind of stick with it or two classes that even if you you know max out your other jobs and stuff that you will get more bonuses for what you might call your main job which i didn't realize was a thing for a while but that's pretty cool that you can get kind of your your main job stronger from leveling you know random things you might not play as a a thief but it might give you some kind of boost for you know being a red mage randomly so it's a, kind of a cool and interesting thing yeah that's always good because you do always run into that scenario with games like this where if you max out your main job you feel like you're kind of wasting experience continuing to play that job so it's nice that you can branch out there and, and continue the progress. One thing I will say, I have played the game multiplayer. I don't want to say it's like this absolutely fantastic, like Monster Hunter-esque multiplayer experience, but it is easy to co-op with friends, and it doesn't have that Neo issue where you have to beat a level before you can co-op with your friends. So, so it scales people to jump in, basically? I don't know if it actually does that. I'm not sure. But what I'm okay. saying is in Neo. Before you could co-op with somebody on a particular level, you had to beat the level first. Complete the level before you could co-op with your buddy on that level. Right. I'm just saying, like, if I'm, you know, level 70 and you're level 14, like, if you jump into my game, is it going to scale you up if you jump in? Like, I, I under, kind of understand why Neo would do that. If you're not I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not completely sure because when I played co-op, it was on the demo and, uh, me and my buddy were at the same level. We just kind of basically started at the same time. So I, I don't gotcha. really know that. I'm, so, I'm so. guessing it probably does. Otherwise, it'd be hard to, to jump in. Uh, so I think we've just basically changed our minds. Strangers of Paradise, best game, game of the year. Of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like we talked a lot of sugar on that game. So I guess we'll get to my actual game of the year now. So it's a game that you played as well, and I don't think you even put probably the 50th of the time I did. But I know you said you weren't really feeling it, and I was still loving it. I played earlier today, and that's the, the best fighting game of the year, hands down, DNF Duel. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a good game. Like, it's fun, but I feel like when I bought it, I was hyped for it, because I love uh, Dungeon Fighter Online. But just the first couple hours I played with it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. This is unique. I'm not in the market for a fighting game right now. It's been a long See, time I was just since the that's been true. Because that's one of the, the easiest things for me to do, especially like a lot of my gaming happens after 
everybody goes to sleep and I still kind of, you know, keep an eye and make sure the kids and stuff are still asleep and doing good. But then a lot of times I can play stuff in small bursts like fighting games. And I was able to play a lot of DNF Duel. Thankfully, like right when it came out, is when I, it was actually on paternity leave. So I had a little bit more time and was able to, because right now, I had to, like I was playing it earlier and I had to play player matches because there's just not a lot of people trying to, you know, still rank up anymore, unfortunately, which is a bad thing about finding games. You play online, you pretty much, if you, you do want to play online, you have to get them like right when they come out or the community dies unless it's Street Fighter or something huge. But it was it was awesome. It was probably the most I've ever like been able to rank up in a fighting game, hit diamond, and was having a ton of fun. And I, it's it's kind of like Marvel in the fact that you could literally get like completely stomped and almost like a get perfected by somebody and come back and you know beat them the next two rounds. Like there's so many options in that game and things, different things you can do and combos to string together. And they just patched it too, so they opened it up even more. So it's. It's wild, and it's a heck of a good time. I'd like to play that with you. I probably might stomp you at this point. But you can probably get good with <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a Marvel Infinite scenario I have. Well, it probably won't be that bad. But yeah, I need, to, I need to uh, catch up a little bit there. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a great game. I won't deny you that. And absolutely beautiful. Arc System Works has done it again. Yeah, it's, it looks freaking fantastic, because I just have it on PS4 even. It's still on true PS5. It looks even better, but yeah, it looks... Amazing. I don't know how they keep topping themselves in the, in the graphics department, and they always hit it out on gameplay, too, so kudos. Yeah, and one of the cool things, I hope that game has more of a lifespan than I anticipate it might, because there are just so many cool characters in that series that they could draw from, and that they all obviously already have, that they could make a hell of a roster, and then if they released a second game, man... I don't know how they how they couldn't make it a tag system. That would be see that would that be, would just that would be, be money. awesome. Yeah, that'd be fantastic that they're able to do that somehow because it's ridiculous the amount of options that you have right now to be able to continue combos and string stuff together. I couldn't imagine if it was actually a tag system too on top of it. That'd be some some Marvel three one touch death. I feel like yeah, absolutely. And I mean with the way that the game. It's it's one of the flashiest fighting games I've played, and just the way that like you have to respect like every button in DNF Duel because almost every like special attack like attacks like half the screen. So um, that every has character a... has so many options too. Like I play Crusader, and he's a big slow guy with a hammer essentially, and he's got like a full screen shield attack that hits behind you. So like every character has so many like mobility and movement options. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and if, if anybody hasn't played it, uh, they do balance those abilities and the fact that you have like a mana bar that recovers as you play, and and it actually gets bigger as you take damage, which gives you more options for like comebacks and stuff like that. But you can't just yeah, you can't combo in a super either because you only have access to your super when you hit the last like you know fifteen percent of your life is left, then you get access to your super. Yeah, that's one part I am not particularly fond of. Um, See, I like that because that's a, that's a nice comeback mechanic without being like as cheap as X Factor. But you also have awakenings, which do that too, right? So every well, every character has a a specific awakening skill, which basically either like makes them get mana back faster, they enhances their moves. It's a small bonus unless you're Hitman and it's just stupidly broken because all those attacks are full screen. But that could go on a rant. 
on that, but for most characters, it's kind of a, a smaller bonus thing versus something like X-Factor. But yeah, you can combo so many things like into your super. A lot of times if you do get, you know, a good damage combo off when you're in, you know, awake, where you want to call, can easily be ball game. And it's, there's a lot of characters do a lot of damage and it's easy to, to turn the tide real quick in that game. Yeah, it's got that um, that kind of street. It was it Street Fighter Four that had the you had your supers and then you had like your ultra, which you built up towards the end of the match. I don't hate it, but I don't know how much I love the fact that they don't have other supers that you can use as well throughout the match. Regardless, I I love the fact that the combat system is, for the most part, completely unique amongst fighting games, especially with that mana and system it- and having to balance that resource while you're fighting. That's that's pretty interesting. The mana system, too, it's a nice kind of shout-out to Dungeon Fighter Online itself. The actual, the game it's based on, so that's kind of cool, too. Yes. Yeah, one of, one of my favorites, for sure. So, yeah, that's a that's a good choice. I didn't see that coming, but I probably should have. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah, that's my, my game of the year. All right, so let's move on from that. What are some of the mo- most disappointing games in 2022? Well, just... Start off uh, your game of the year for me was the most disappointing was Elden Ring, and a lot of that is it's just my fault, just for not being, you know, at the right spot in life right now to be able to, to tackle something like that, which is the, a lot of times a few minutes here and there I would just get frustrated because I'd be able to play for fifteen or twenty minutes and make no progress. So that's not, it's my most disappointing game of the year because I was super hyped for it because Dark Souls Three is probably one of my top ten favorite games of all time. Yeah, I was uh, really looking forward to Elden Ring, but it just didn't. If it would have been a couple years ago, I probably would have dug it a lot more. But yeah, it just didn't uh, didn't hit at the right time for me. Like I said, I don't blame the game at all. I just blame basically my life and situation right now. Not able to put the time into it. That's your life is the most disappointing game of 2022. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I, I get that, though. Like, Elden Ring is actually one of my missed of most disappointing games of 2022 as well. Um, base, I mean, I, I'm pretty much talked mostly negative about it when I named it my game of the year. That's uh, why I was shocked when you said it was going to be your game of the year. Cause we've had conversations throughout the year on how basically disappointed we were about Elden Ring. I think that, I, I think that speaks to how little I actually enjoyed a lot of the games I played this year. <laughs> um, like I think Elden Ring is an accomplishment for sure. Just the vast quantity of content that is there for anyone that wants to talk about games that aren't worth, you know, like seventy dollars right now. Elden Ring certainly is. Um, yes, <laughs> I, I, you know, I have my issues with it. I think some of the bosses are bullshit, even more so than some of the other games. I think a lot of us, there are certain parts of that game that are much more unfair than a lot of the older games. The sense of discovery that all of the Dark Souls games have had. Elden Ring has that for sure, but there's just a lot more bloat there. Unfortunately. Part of one of my issues with it is, like you said, it can feel like unfair. It doesn't doesn't necessarily feel like it's scaled right, because how do you scale something that's open world that you don't have a set path to do? Because I know I came in to... I, beat, I didn't beat the game either, spoiler alert. I beat the first um, three main bosses, but like for the second one, for sure, after I got through the... I don't know, like the, the booby trap castle, whatever you call it. After I got through that portion, like I was severely underleveled for the boss because I didn't do like a ton of side stuff because 
Chuck, you know me. I side quests are not my thing and never have been. Well, yeah, and Dark Souls, like, and, and Elden Ring specifically, uh, side quests are impossible <laughs> because you'd never know what NPCs to talk to. And in an open world game, finding NPCs is impo- is so much more difficult. That's one other thing, issue I have with it. Uh, there's yeah, tons of NPCs, tons of side quests, and you're going to miss most of them. Like, if you don't have a, you don't go through with a guide, I feel like there's just a ton you would miss. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I totally understand and, and can back you up on that being the most, dis- one of the most disappointing games this year, if not the most. But I also understand how everyone calls it the game of the year because, like, I get it. It just wasn't, you know, for me right now. I get that. So, like, one of my most disappointing games as one of your game of the year was Wonderlands. Um, I, as everyone knows, or they should know, I love the Borderlands franchise. Like, Buck has v- very little uh, investment in the series compared to me. Yes. Uh, you you <laughs> very, could argue that you don't like the series, probably. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I mean, technically, I guess, own 1, 2, and 3, but I bought 1 and 2, like, way later, and then 3, I barely, like, none of them grabbed me. 3 barely barely touched the surface of it like after i bought it it just didn't it didn't hook me yeah and that could be like i could see reasons why these games wouldn't hook people like especially like the humor of the games i know that that's not going to be for everybody a lot of it speaks to me but i know that there's a lot of just like really cringy stuff too wonderlands funny game i think it's very well written voice acting is great uh, yeah. the, the main and I liked the the change of scenery, the, the medieval setting stuff. That was cool. We've seen that before in some of the DLCs, for, especially for like Borderlands Two, which is what this this game is based off of. And and that's great. I'm I, I'm glad they tried something else. But it, there was just something about not the combat. The combat was good. I just I didn't I didn't need another Borderlands coming off Borderlands Three. Borderlands Three was arguably where I started to fall off the series a little bit, even though I still think it's a pretty good game. Um, just like nothing could quite capture the magic that was Borderlands 2 for me. That was like a religious experience. Um, well, you hit for- Borderlands 2. It, I feel like you hit it at the right time, too, because mm. obviously like you and, and Zach could play it a ton. You had more free time at the time it came out, and it's just kind of one of the, like you said, the the perfect situation almost where you could dive head first into it and give it you know your full attention a ton of time where it's you can't really do that to too much anymore yeah it's definitely it's definitely trickier but i can see why you enjoyed it so much because it does it is kind of a oh what do i want to call it? it's a little bit more brisker of a pace it's shorter um i think maybe the medieval setting maybe speaks to you a little bit more um, I think it, the character customization spoke to me a little bit more too. Where the others, you're obviously playing as like preset characters. I like being able to create a character and then choose basically two classes to kind of meld together. Yeah, I mean that that system was cool. But part of what I found in that is that I felt like the skills in those skill trees were a little generic in comparison to kind of like the science fiction kind of abilities you got in the previous games. For me, it just wasn't quite as as engaging i didn't i didn't feel that empowerment that i i felt in the other games so that's that's really all it is it's a pretty solid game but it just it it disappointed me and i i will go back to it eventually that's another game to be kind of cool to co-op i thought about getting like the season pass and stuff because i remember my character i don't even remember what the 
like the jobs were anymore, but I know I took both the classes with pets, so I was doing a ton of damage, it was like an axe chucker dude with like two pets, and it's pretty sweet. Sounds pretty cool. It sounds like you took the dude with the dragon, and then probably the dude with the mushroom. Yeah, yeah. exactly what I did. <laughs> Seems pretty legit. Um, glad you played it more, but forgot what you did. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so do you have any other games that were disappointing this year, or was that, that did you pretty much cover it? I mean, that was by far my most disappointing this year. I don't think anything else jumped off the radar as something that was really, you know, that I was super hyped for that didn't deliver at all. So I'm going to keep okay, it well, that. Let, let me jump the, into them then. I guess the I'm, other games I just didn't really, there's a few games I didn't play, like I mentioned earlier, but I can't list those. Okay, well then let me jump into oh, the actually, other two. Actually, hold on, I got oh, one uh-oh. one more that was a disappointment. King of Fighters 15 was a big disappointment. I was looking forward to that one. I haven't played it, but I was looking forward to it. There's there's just like no online community, and I was looking to, to mainly play it online since I don't have anybody to really play head-to-head with here, and there's not a lot of just one-player options, but literally like it would take a half hour to find a match. Yeah. The people I did find a lot of them were freaking like Stone Cold Killers, so that didn't work out too well either. Yeah, that sounds like the worst online experience possible. Yeah, it'd be like jumping into Marvel Infinite right now, like jumping in cold or something, but it was just it was I even got the game like a month after it came out, like it wasn't even very long and it still was already basically dead, and I guess the the netcode the netcode itself is fine, but their matchmaking was atrocious. So that was that in itself was a huge disappointment. That is unfortunate, because, like, I have very fond memories of the King of Fighters series, you know, just, like, playing it on Dreamcast and stuff. And yeah, for it's, sure. it's been so long since I've gotten into one of those games. Because uh, I think 14's pretty good. I played a little bit of it, not a ton. So I'd be, I don't know if you played that one, but I'd be interested to hear if you thought that it was much of an enhancement to 15, or if it was a downgrade, or what. I, I didn't play that one. That's why I was like so excited to get 15 too, because I was really hyped for it. But then like, and I would, you know, go into training and play like the one player mode with some characters. And then after a half hour waiting for a match, I would absolutely get stomped. So that was a, a little demoralizing that there was basically no community play. And if they were, that they were, you know, apparently cough veterans of 15 plus years. I guess we technically are too, but we don't really play it too often. Well, yeah, that, and you don't want to wait for a half hour to be thrown into a match like that, so. Yeah, for sure. I understand. So, yeah, that's disappointing for me. I thought about getting that one, but it was, when that game came out, I kind of knew that I wasn't in the mood for a fighting game. But when DNF Duel came out, I was like, God, I love this. I love Dungeon Fighter Online so much, I got to play this. And I knew you were getting it, too. Um, And we haven't played it together. But I was just like, that, and I wanted to support it. So. Yeah, because that was one thing that I'm still worried about, like you said, the support for that game. But they did announce DLC finally, so hopefully it's getting a little bit of love. Yeah, and all the new characters look great that we've that they've released since. Uh, or have they released any characters since launch? I think they just announced characters like last week or two weeks ago. So they, I don't think they came out yet. I haven't looked at the store or anything. They, if if they dropped, they dropped like Shadow dropped immediately. So okay. Yeah, King of Fighters 15 looked interesting, but yeah, I, I definitely haven't played it. But that leads me into, I have two games that uh, let me down pretty good. Um, the first one, uh, which was the less less of a letdown, uh, I finally got a chance to play Fancy Star Online New Genesis, 
on the PlayStation. I know the game obviously didn't come out this year, but it came out on PlayStation this year. So I got a chance to, to sit down and play it. And oh my God, that game just feels empty and uninspired as far as a Fancy Star game goes. Like, I think actually Fancy Star Online 2 is a better game. Yeah, I, see, I never really played New Genesis. I played 2 for a, a little bit on Xbox One when it came out for that. But it's just hard to throw a lot of time into an MMO because you know it's going to be such, like, a time sink. It's hard for me to get into that anything. Like, I have have gone through the last two 14 expansions either just because of that. But I thought what I played initially, like, obviously I didn't play it for more than, like, five to seven hours, so that's, you know, barely anything for an MMO. But I had a lot of fun, at least with Fantasy Star 2, but I haven't played New Genesis. So, so, so let, me, let me hit you with how I feel about it. So you've played a lot of Fantasy Star games. We've played a lot of Fantasy Star games together from, you know, Episode 1 and 2, Dreamcast, GameCube, played a lot of the portable games on the PSP. So when you um, started playing Fantasy Star Online 2... It made sense that like a lot of those like missions and stuff were like quick instances where they're like 15, 20 minute missions. And then you go back to the hub and you do what you do. Um, The thing with New Genesis is it's it's basically like it's an MMO open world scenario, more like WoW or Final Fantasy 14, which sounds cool because I can get on board with that in an MMO for some reason. But it just and the combat is very, very similar to. PSO2, which should not be of any surprise, because that's actually really good combat. Um, I like it a lot. And then you obviously have that extra mobility where you can, like, jump 60 feet in the air and glide and all that stuff that you saw in the trailers for it. That was all great, but the game didn't have that that flair, what I, whatever I was looking for, plus the fact that the game didn't have enough content to uh, to kind of, like, nudge you to, like, max level when the game first came out, you actually had to like go out of your way to, to, to hit that, hit that point. And I know a lot of players were frustrated with that. And I got into the game later, obviously, cause it came out on the PS five and there's been a lot more updates for it. But, uh, unfortunately that game just didn't, it, it's probably a matter of it didn't hit me at the right time. It's just a matter of, I think I, I felt it was disappointing in comparison to PSO two. The standard game. I mean, the only other person I really heard, I know Happy Console Gamer kind of talked about it too, and he said the, the same thing. There's no content, basically. Yeah, and he and I saw that review too, and that was that was much earlier when the game released. Um, but I don't know. For me, maybe the game is better now, and I just haven't got. I, maybe I need to go back to it. But I think, quite frankly, I think over the last two years, I think I've come to the conclusion that uh, MMOs are not ever going to be a thing for me again. I don't, that's what I was going to say, too. I think that the, the times kind of kind of passed for those, and if so, I can't see myself for sure like starting up and putting much time into a new one, something I'm not already. Like I might pick up 14 at some point, if so, it's probably going to be a while, but I already have, you know, hundreds of hours invested in that, so... I can't see myself starting from scratch again, at least anytime soon, and jumping in something new. I know. Have you played the new WoW expansion? I I haven't. Um, I I logged in a couple days ago. I reinstalled and I got like three free days of of play, and I jumped in and I was just like, I 
I'm not that interested in this. Like, I'm not interested in, like, relearning all of this stuff. They did some interesting things, getting, like, class skill trees and things a little bit more aligned with what they used to be during the classic days, and that's pretty interesting. allows for a lot more character customization. But I, the game plays all the same, and I'm just, I'm just not there anymore. Um, the game is just kind of boring to me at this point, um, especially as a, as a solo player. It's just not worth it. Um, and that's, a, that's sort of how I feel about Final Fantasy XIV as well, even though I'm a little bit more invested in that series. So the closest I think you and I are ever going to get to an MMO again is when uh, the next Monster Hunter game comes out. That's, that's probably true. That's, a, that's yeah. a pretty safe bet. That is that. That's just kind of like I. I don't think you put quite as much time into that game as I did. Like I put like six hundred hours into the game. Over no, the, I didn't put as much time into the world because I was able to streamline it because I put like a lot of time in Iceborne, but you put a ton of time into World, and I didn't pick up World until Iceborne was already out. So I kind of steamrolled through that to get to Iceborne and spent my time there. Right, and then at this point, you've you've completed things that are more difficult than what I've completed too. But th- that is not to, like the experience of that game is is what we are looking for. Like there is like yes. no downtime. You are always in the thick of it. You're accomplishing things. The game that game it's for me short burst too. I, will yell I mean it from everything like is... mountaintops. It is the most engaging game I've ever played, and time like melts away when I play that game. And remember, like. Back in the day on PSP, like we were always like rip on Monster Hunter. We tried so hard to get into it, it just never worked. And then World just made so many small changes. Like they weren't not even a lot of big stuff, but the, the small tweaks just made it like perfect. Yeah, I mean that was yeah for me. I know for a lot of like the old guard, it's it's kind of a downgrade. I it's hard for me to care. Like that is where it all like coalesced into like this is an amazing game. And and I will say I've definitely played Rise and Sunbreak. I, I finished Sunbreak this year. See, I thought was that was going to be your game of the year, honestly. Um, you know, for me, like it was nice because Sunbreak. Well, one of my biggest issues with Rise in general, and I'm sure everybody's heard it all over the internet, Rise was super easy. Like it was negligible the difficulty overall. Sunbreak is is considerably more difficult but it's not like it's not world and iceborne hard it's not iceborne um, and, hard and, 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 and mind you umbrella statement i played through the campaign of sunbreak got to the end of it i haven't done all the post-game stuff yet so i will hold all reservations until i've done that but once i finished it and that was i don't think i finished it until like nine months after it came out it was it was fun but I think there, there's the matter of maybe I was a little bit burned out of Monster Hunter at that point, which is how much I put into into World. But I've probably put about 150 between 150 and 200 hours into Sunbreak and Rise, which is still a good amount of time for a video game. Don't get me wrong; like I got my money. Yeah. Before. And I I think a lot of the things that they the things that they changed, like the wire bug mechanics, making your your characters feel a little bit more empowered and stuff like that. I think that's cool. But there's just, there's something about world and just like the the weight of it. People describe games as like they feel like chunky when you hit things. Yeah, it feels good and like that's mm-hmm. even 
yeah, that's actually a, a fairly big thing in like combat and games in general. Like I forgot, like Code Vein was a game, like a Souls game that it oh didn't gosh. feel good. Like when you hit anything, like there was, like you said, it's hard to describe it, but there was just like nothing no, there. It's not. versus... No, it's not. You're like throwing origami paper at things like, <laughs> versus like, like a Souls game. You can like it's gotten good meaty combat. Like I don't know how else you want to say it, but that's one of the easiest games that jumps to my mind when I hear that. Like. I was really hyped for Code Vein, and then it was just – it was disappointing. Yeah, it was disappointing. I, th- I still think it's a pretty cool game. It's not game. bad. I think yeah, it's, it's good. Anyway, so uh, Monster Hunter World, best game 2022. Is that right? We <laughs> flip-flopping here. Like, <laughs> That's what we got so far. I couldn't get into Rise because I literally finished World and Iceborne in February of – what Rise came out in 21. So I finished it in February of 21, and Rise came out in March. <laughs> That's why I was then I was totally burned out at the time on Monster Hunter, so I didn't jump into Rise at the time. So yeah, I can plus I bet you have you that. Uh, you, do you have a Switch Drift on your oh, yeah. cons? So I know a lot of a lot of my friends are having issues with that, and they're just like, mm, I don't know, maybe I'll wait. It's a it's a good game though. Um, so we will I, I will use that to segue into the most disappointing game of this year, and I think it is either. Very disappointing for anybody else who's played it, or they just think that all of the hate is overblown, and that's got to be Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I don't know how much you've actually played of this, Buck, but I think um, less than you. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, so here, here, let me let me give you a synopsis of what I've accomplished in this game. Um, I've <laughs> probably played it for about twenty hours. Three gym leaders, two or three titans, and a maybe one or two of like those hideouts, whatever the, you know, the, the optional paths that you have through the game. I've tried to interact with all of them a little bit. And I, to be frank, I think I actually had more fun with sword and shield. Now, before I get burned at a cross here, after saying that, hear me out. The thing that I don't like about the new game. Yes. We've described in El- when I talk about Elden Ring, I don't love open world games, and and that's what Pokemon's done. But that's actually kind of what I've always wanted Pokemon to do a little bit. At least that's what I thought. Playing Scarlet and Violet, the things that disappoint me are not what you're seeing in reviews, like the three frames of animation per second in cutscenes, which is unforgivable. Nintendo, like, put some money in this game, good lord. Um, <laughs> it's it's just the it's it's boring to go between these different points of interest outside of seeing Pokemon that you're interested in and catching them. The actual just like navigation and trying to figure out how to get to the next town or gym leader or whatever. It's just not captivating at all. And sometimes it's frustrating. How do you feel about that? Oh, that's that's my biggest issue with it. I, I texted you the other day, I think on you know, Friday or Saturday, and like I just wasted I feel like I've wasted more time just trying to find a gym because I'll go through a path and realize, oh, my dude can't jump up a mountain, so I guess I can't do anything here because it's not as open world as it leads you to believe because it shows you all these points of interest. You go toward one and you realize that I can't swim yet or I can't fly yet or I can't, you know, roll up mountains yet. That, that that brings up an argument for me, though. You know how when they were describing, they were advertising the game, oh, you have these different options of how you can 
you can play it. You don't, you can do the gym leader thing. You can go, you know, like uh, hunt down the, the Pokemon Titans or whatever. Like you can do either one of these particular things. My concern with the game is that the maneuverability skills, like the Metroidvania skills, if you will, gliding, jumping, swimming, are all locked behind Titan battles. Which yeah. are one of the paths, right? So if you were just to go to the gym leader specifically, and here, here's my thing. I don't know. I'm not an expert on this game. You probably could do that, but it doesn't feel like you can do that. I feel like I have to gather those abilities from my experience that I've had with the game so far. Yeah, it definitely it holds your hand in the, the way that it wants you to do the Titan battles. And I mean, I'm sure, like you said, there may be some ways, but some of the gym leaders I swear I went to, like there was just I couldn't go in because there's a mountain there and there's no other path and I don't have the skill yet. I had that on numerous occasions. Yeah, and like I'm gonna like I'm at this whatever city, so I'm plotting my point, and then you takes you know fifteen twenty minutes to get there. I fight a few Pokemon on the way, and it's I do think one thing's kind of cool is you can like do the auto battle thing and get a little bit of experience, whatever. That's great addition. Great. Addition. That's kind of nice, but then it's just super frustrating when you go and then you realize you wasted a bunch of time and you have to go fly back and just chart a different path. Like I don't need to be a cartographer to study my map and see if I can make it there yet. Yeah. And I mean like people who are really into open world games, they may be like more used to that kind of stuff. And they may be like, what are, what are you complaining about? You noobs get better, whatever it is. I don't know, but it is a point of contention for us. And that is quite honestly, probably my biggest ding against it. Oh, for sure. Like, we were texting, before I was texting you about, like, the performance issues, like, it's like, it's a freaking Pokemon RPG, like, I don't really care that much if there's a little bit of pop-in or something, it's not, like, a fighting game where I need every frame, or an action game or something, it's not a deal-breaker for me if it's chugging at, you know, 16 frames a second versus 30 or 60, like, it's way more of an issue if I can't find where to go. No, absolutely. But the, still, those technical issues are egregious. There's no reason. I don't care that this game is on the Switch. Nintendo has developed games. I don't know if they're more Xenoblade is freaking gorgeous. Yeah, and I'm it's, sure it runs it's like huge a dream. And it does. Yeah, it'll overheat the crap out of the Switch in like two hours, but it runs super well. And it's a technical marvel on there where Pokemon is just. Yeah, I don't know if it's a Pokemon company or something, but whatever Monolith does, and obviously they made the Breath of the Wild world too. But they're getting, they got more mileage out of the Switch in 2017 than, you know, Game Freak of the Pokemon company is right now. And there's no way their budget is higher. There's no way. No, there's, there's no chance. This is one of Nintendo's flagship titles. I don't care. But, it should be number one, the game they put the most money into, because it's the game that makes them. Yeah, it just sold ungodly. I forgot hundreds of millions or whatever, didn't it? Like it was insane. And that's why they don't have to, right? Yeah, because it's all, and we we bought that, it. <laughs> yes, that's the shit. Well, you know, you know, one of the reasons why I bought it, I was wasn't gonna buy it uh, on release. I ended up buying it like a day or two after. I was like, it's a first party Nintendo game. It's gonna be sixty dollars until I die, yes. or more. I might as well buy it now. Yeah, it's I mean, it's still regardless of that. It was just it was still just disappointing. Like 
for me, Pokemon is is like a game like speaks to me like every like six years or so. Like I liked the original game, Red and Blue, awesome. Mm-hmm. Kind of like defined my video game interest. Yes. Gold and Silver, awesome. Still was there. Added too, it like is two campaigns. Like it's fabulous. hard to top that. Yeah, fabulous. And then we both I didn't jumped off. <laughs> yeah, and then I didn't really like a Pokemon game until X and Y. That was the next one that, yes, you know, I finished. Black and I, white. I got back in it. Black and white, but I missed. Well, we didn't. We didn't miss any of them really. But I mean, we really. No, no I actually think the black and uh, black and white one and two. Those are actually probably some of those the best ones. For sure, I didn't play them when they came out, but they yeah, they s- actually tried stuff and storytelling and made it like a little more mature. And they they were trying to do different stuff, which was cool. But I I loved X and Y though, like when it went to their you know first 3D, and then I haven't besides Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I put a crap ton of time into, which is, I mean that was right, I guess that was before X and Y, but yeah, that's the last two I've really gotten into. Yeah, because you didn't you didn't really get into Sword and Shield. Like I finished that. Now it didn't grab me. I I I liked Sword and Shield for some reason. I don't know if it was the fancy new graphics or whatever, or if I just liked it coming off having replayed uh, Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu, which is actually probably my favorite Pokemon game. Really like that I, remake a lot. I completed the Pokedex for the first time in forever doing that one. <laughs> See, man, that game was awesome. But I mean, that's not a new game. So, but they did. It seemed like they put more effort into that one. Seemed like yeah. it. Well, they were trying. They tried new stuff too. Like they were trying to do a little bit of innovation and trying new stuff, which I can appreciate, especially when something like a remake that's already been done in yellow. So it's like a remake of a remake. Yeah. Well. It, well. And fire red. And fire red. And leaf, leaf green. green. Yeah. Yep. So let let's talk about that a little bit though. So they keep adding things in each game and then kind of taking them away. Mega evolutions X and Y. That why don't we still have that? That system was perfect. Yeah, this whatever Terranite crap is super lame. The, the terastalized thing that's yeah, almost that. <laughs> worse than Dynamaxing, as far as I'm concerned. I don't. I didn't like Dynamaxing much. Myself. No, that was that was lame too. And what was the one from Sun and Moon? Well, Sun and Moon was Z moves. I actually yeah, didn't hate those. I thought Z moves would have been cool if they would have added them on top of like Mega Evolutions. Yeah, they shouldn't have took away Mega Evolutions because that was like the biggest, almost felt like Digimon, but that was like the biggest cool addition. It actually made, you know, some Pokemon that were like irrelevant relevant again, which is really cool that they can actually do that. Well, it was that, and it also gave you uh, another reason to explore the world and like find those evolution stones, and that's something they could have built on. As the game kept going on, they didn't need to scrap that Um, because that felt unique. And these other things just kind of feel this kind of gimmicky. Yeah, especially the terrestrialized thing, because they don't get new forms. They just get hats. They Uh, get these stupid headdress. Yeah. And and I think it's cool that, like, you know, they can change elements or whatever. Like, that's interesting. But I'm not sure it's interesting in the same way. That's just my feeling of it. Do I think Scarlet and Violet is a bad game? No, probably no. not. But it's I've heard the end game's really good too, but yeah, I just I don't even know if I'm gonna make it to the end game, so I don't I never really made it to Sword and Shield's end game, so I don't 
I don't see myself making to this one, but I have heard good things about people that have put a lot of time and made it to the end game. So I don't know if that's going to be me either, but yeah, that was that was definitely my most disappointing game of the year. I was really looking looking forward to them finally just like capitalizing on that cool little bit that Sword and Shield had with the wild areas and making it a thing. And I think the situation where they have you know just like wild Pokemon running around in large groups and sometimes having like evolved forms that are overpowered and stuff lurking around. I think that stuff's neat. I think they don't need to throw that out, but they just need to figure out how to make the world more interesting. And well, they did it. The thing is they did it better in the Pokemon legends, Arceus or Arceus or whatever you want to call it. Like it was literally done better in that game. Um, okay. So yeah, probably maybe. I don't know. I didn't play enough of that game. Uh, that game had its own issues for me. Um, I thought the gameplay was pretty dope, but I didn't like the checklist system that I had to like meet all of these points. I had to like kill ten ponitas and like catch a slowpoke while it was doing a math problem. Or you could do a boss battle. Yeah, like I wasn't I, I wasn't into that. Uh, but I thought that like walking around throwing pokeballs doing like barrel rolls and stuff that was that was interesting i thought that game actually looked yeah. a little bit better graphically oh, for sure looked it, better. it was stylized I, that's what pokemon needs to do they need to figure out a well, style plus, i mean they had a, a small portion of pokemon obviously they had to work on animating and stuff versus you got a crap ton i'm sure in you know scarlet and violet where they only had to work on you know say a hundred in Pokemon Legends, so I mean, there's there's that too. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I like the fact that they're trying some stuff, but I think overall, it's like, yeah, Pokemon is just has been disappointing me since I was a kid. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too much of an adult at this point to like it, but I, I'm still kind of hopeful because it you know holds a special place in both of our hearts. So, oh, for sure. Although you got you like Sword and Shield. I mean, you're your thirty cents, so I think you're good. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had a recent game that I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I put probably like sixty hours into it. That was pretty good for me in a Pokemon game. I ne I never do, you know, I never complete my Pokédex anymore, or like go online and do battles and things like that. So, yeah. all right, so that's enough disappointment. What's your most anticipated game for twenty twenty three? It's an easy one for me. It's Sea of Stars. Sea of Stars. Tell me yeah, about it. So, I already know what it is. You, I, mean, tell me about I was going to say, you're familiar with it. So yeah. basically, it's a, been as you know, I've been wanting a Chrono Trigger sequel for, you know, 20 years at least. And I feel like this is the closest thing we're finally getting. I mean, it's a team from The Messenger. I feel like they know what they're doing. They actually got Yetsunori Matsuda on to do the music, which is the same composer from Chrono Trigger. It looks like literally everything... I want it just speaks to my heart and it's going to be a huge disappointment if it's going to suck, but it looks like exactly what I want from a game. They have like, looks like double and triple text. I mean, which I don't know why more RPGs haven't stolen that yet. Team attacks are freaking awesome. Why doesn't anyone do that? I like how like our favorite franchise, our favorite RPG franchises are like the only ones that do those. Yeah. Why doesn't, I, I just don't understand. Like that's such an easy, cool thing to do but no one does them i mean they I mean, basically they're framing themselves as like a sequel in spirit to chrono trigger i mean that style so 
that's exactly what I want. I'm also looking forward to, to Final Fantasy 16 because I think Yoshi P's on it. It looks dope, but yeah, it for does. the most part, Sea of Stars is really where my money's at. And I know they announced a release date. I think it's like in the summer, isn't it? I think so, but I, I honestly, I haven't been following it like you have. I just saw the trailer and I was like, okay, this is definitely up Buck's alley, and this yeah. looks sick. Um, I could do for another Chrono Trigger replay here soon. Um, I haven't done it in a while, so maybe I'll just wait until that comes out. So that, that's a good; those are uh, good ones. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 was on mine too. I'm, I always get a little hyped for Final Fantasy games, even though. Much like Pokemon games, they've recently been a little disappointing outside of... Uh, I would uh, say 15, re- though. 15 was it was disappointing, especially when it came out. But once everything came together, and if you ever pick up the Royal Edition and play it, like it's actually a good game now. That's You may need a wiki to freaking make sense of it, but it's, it's pretty good. Buck, you've only brought that up on at least two episodes. so I'm going to uh, keep it doing it. It must be true. <laughs> But for me, uh, besides Final Fantasy 16, I've, I've got three. I am looking forward uh, to Destiny 2's Lightfall expansion. I think that looks cool. Um, okay. I think the new like strand subclasses and things look cool. I had a, a resurgence of replaying Destiny 2 a little bit this year and had a good time with it for about a month. So the gameplay's still still solid, but uh, I'm I'm kind of trying not to get burnt out before that comes out. Um, Bungie still has the best gunplay in all of gaming for my money. I mean, Bungie Mm -hmm. does it the best. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, That that game needs uh, some better tutorializing, and it needs a it needs to explain to people what they need to buy to play the full game because it's very confusing. But besides that, like, why do I need like a Dark Souls Sherpa to explain to me how to play Destiny Two? That's kind of (laughs) shit. Uh, and another one coming out in February. I know you and me talked about it a little bit. Uh, Grim Guardians looks sick. Uh, the new NT Create joint. Um, yeah, it's, it does. It's a uh, it, well, you can play it co-op. It's a it, uh, or a single player. You can switch uh, characters, and it's basically a Castlevania, uh, more of a classic Castlevania-esque experience from what it looks like. It looks like you do unlock uh, traversal abilities and different like sub weapons and things. Um, I don't know exactly how that works because I think really all we have is that one trailer to go off of. Um, but I'm trying to. It's kind of like a Mega Man type character too, right? Someone that shoots. It's well, one of the characters has yeah has like guns and bazookas and stuff, and then one of them has like origami to make weapons and stuff out of origami. I don't know. It seems it, it seems interesting. It looks cool, and Anti Creates knocks it out of the park every time they release a game. Like, mm, it's money, and I'm sure that game will only be like 20 bucks when it comes out, and it's right up my alley. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, And then the other one, even though it's kind of it's a little hard for me to swallow that I'm looking forward to it, um, is Diablo 4. Love that franchise. It'll be interesting to see uh, what Blizzard does with that after it comes out. Um, How monetized it'll be. Um, It doesn't seem like it's gonna be that bad. But just like the graphics and the gameplay seem to be everything that I've I've liked from like Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. It seems like a nice mashup uh, with a nice large ARPG open world. I had so much fun with Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, even for, you know, the faults that Diablo 3 had. I think grand scheme of things, it's a it's a pretty great game still. And definitely it's probably like one of my top three most played games of all time. So 
I'm, I'm still very skeptical, though, because, I mean, Overwatch 2 just came out a few months ago, and that is monetized. It's, it's a train wreck. Free-to-play garbage. It's They've monetized the crap out of it. For the first oh. one, you just bought it. And the first one's obsolete now. Like, it doesn't even work, which is super frustrating. Like, the game, they just blended it into Overwatch 2, and they're literally making me unlock, like, every character that I already had from the first game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know why they, they figured, like, yeah, we need to release the second game. Because all, all I can tell is that it's, like, a single... They've added that, like, single player... It's not even out yet. There's oh, no boy. single player okay. out yet. Yeah, it's just... There's just... All the characters that I already had, I have to play to unlock or buy a season pass or whatever. And you know how many hours that me and my wife put in Overwatch, like, pretty close to a thousand hours. Yeah, many. Yeah, I mean, if that's not concerning enough, what about Diablo Immortal? Like, yeah, the I mean, most monetized, like, <laughs> free-to-play game ever. I just didn't even follow that because of mobile. But, yeah, I mean, I expect that garbage. But, yeah, it's, I mean, Overwatch 2 is my, now that I think about it, that was really my biggest disappointment of the year over Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, Blizzard is is definitely a company that's, you know, they used to be, just like lauded by their fans. I, even I used to uh, talk very highly about them because every game that came out was just like really special, really polished, just absolutely fantastic. And now it's just kind of mm-hmm. after they kind of they merged with Activision and all that kind of shit, things changed. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. And that I mean, that happens. And it's it's unfortunate, especially when it's a, a team of developers that you respect and that you're always looking forward to all of their titles. Because um, I don't think you were ever particularly into Blizzard games until you started playing Overwatch pretty heavily. I know you yeah, played I mean, a I WoW, mean, but... A little bit of WoW. I mean, I played quite a bit of Diablo 3, but... Yeah, I was never never huge into it. Like, you was always a developer that I respected because I knew everything was good. Even back to, like, Lost Vikings back in the day, I liked. <laughs> True. So, yeah. I mean, that that's probably still my most anticipated game of next year. I hope they don't mess it up. That, that, that's all I hope. So. I'm hoping Microsoft has a good, you know, influence on them, and, but I'm not holding my breath. I probably am, unfortunately. <laughs> <sighs> all right, so enough about disappointments. Buck, we're going to take us towards the positive side. All right, what are we going with, the biggest surprise? Well, we got a lot of, I mean, we could do that. I was thinking, let's go with, what was your favorite moment in gaming in 2022? Hmm. God. Or do you want me to go first? So you can, can go first, because I'm, I'm okay. curious on this one. I know if you uh, want a moment or like more of like an announcement of something that's coming. It, can be, it could have been an announcement. It could have just been like uh, a moment in a game you were playing or whatever. whatever. Um, it's pretty open to interpretation. I I think when I tell you mine, it's going to be like, that's pretty obvious. Um, and mine was the Kickstarter announcement for Armed Fantasia and Penny Blood. Oh, yes. That the, dual Kickstarter the RPG. <laughs> the, yes. For the, two of your uh, favorites. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, spiritual sequel to Wild Arms and then the Shadow Hearts series. They were doing a, a cooperative uh, Kickstarter campaign for two new two new RPGs that was very successful and that I couldn't help but support. Um, while I do love the Shadow Hearts games, Wild Arms is, is far more in my wheelhouse, far, far more 
uh, sacred to me. So Arms Fantasia was where, where I put the uh, the majority of my money. And um, I, I basically, to put it into perspective, like Castlevania is my favorite franchise of all time. And when Bloodstained got announced, you know, I put in my money there. I put in just as much money here. Like, that's how much I want this are you, series. Are you going to be in the credits? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. I, for, I forget okay. exactly what all I get, but very, very excited for both of these games. Uh, I, and it was such a, a shock, too. Like, it was not something yeah. I was expecting. Um, and I thought the, the series was completely dead. So thank God for these. these. This is not just indie developers. These are actually old game developers that worked from, on yeah. these franchises previously. And that's even more it's reason like, to be excited. It's like the, the Suikoden one that's coming out, too. Forgot the name of it. But. Iruden Chronicles or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Iruden Chronicles. But we were never, like, huge Suikoden fans. Like, we always, like, it's cool, but never, like, our favorite. But, yeah, obviously. I opened a sealed copy of Suikoden 2 so I could <laughs> play it. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> For 20 oh, just minutes. those first two games. Like, the rest of the franchise is kind of whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. Right. but yeah, that I mean, that looks exciting, too. Like, I'm definitely going to pick that one up. But that but was, yeah, this would be like for me getting like Chrono Trigger or something coming out, like oh, basically yeah. Sea of Stars. Hundred so. percent. Like if yeah, if Sea of Stars or like an actual Chrono Trigger sequel. Like I know that that would be way more important to like a lot more people. Yeah. But yeah, between you and me, like that Chrono Trigger's your favorite RPG of all time. Mine is the original Wild Arms. Probably is my favorite. Right up there with Lufia too and all that good stuff. Yes. <laughs> so this, this was very exciting, and I was not expecting it. So that was really it. That pretty much made my year right there. I yes. don't know when the game's coming out, but it got you know fully funded and then some. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what they come up with. And I was gonna say the one actually had written down too. I, you went the announcement route, and I will too. Is something not quite as cool, but something that got me just caught me out of the blue, out of nowhere, and I'd love to have an actual collection with an easier way to play versus just my old GBA games is a battle network collection is obviously that's one of my uh, favorite franchises period. It's I used to look forward to that every summer. We'd almost like go on vacation that week in June. I'd always look forward to getting the battle network game uh, pretty much throughout my high school years. Most of them came out, but yeah, getting that, that collection kind of came out of nowhere because I thought Capcom kind of gave up on battle network. That was a probably the coolest announcement for me in one of those directs when I was, you know, praying for a new Donkey Kong Country that I never got. I just randomly got a Battle Network collection announcement, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And it seems like you've given up on Capcom, Buck. That's ridiculous. Because they, yeah. they're, they're the best right now, and you know it. But... Uh, I've given up on Capcom for Mega Man stuff. Not as far as I'm looking forward to Street Fighter Six quite a bit. I think it looks really cool. But I, I, at this point, yeah, I mean, besides maybe Mega Man, uh, Capcom right now is money for me. Yeah, like, Monster Hunter, great. Street oh Fighter, never do Marvel vs. Capcom again, but you know, that'd be cool. <laughs> Capcom, cool. my favorite just legacy developer, I'd say in general, is it would be Capcom with all the yeah, did, franchise and stuff they have. But. Yeah, did neither one of us say that we, uh, is Street Fighter Six not one of your most anticipated games the next year? It is. I just didn't even think about it there. Yeah. But yes, it absolutely is one of the most anticipated, especially with all the. Yes. Now they got created character, which is interesting. And Ken's, you know, 
homeless or on the run or something, which is cool. So I'm all here for it. Yeah, I'm down for the lore. I got I can't wait. But one thing I do, I do want to get back to that, uh, that battle network, uh, collection. Capcom really went that extra mile with including online play for all of those as well. That's pretty Yeah, because that's something that I'm really excited about because obviously you never got into that or anyone else I really do never got into it. So nope. I can never try the builds because there is a almost like Pokemon like aspect to the Battle Network games with the the cards you can collect and then the different styles, which is one of the I always thought one of the coolest things of what style your Mega Man would evolve into and then trying to to get the one you wanted because like you can play a certain way to get like a like a like the heat gut style like a powerful style but then it would still be totally random if it would be like fire water uh grass or whatever like you couldn't control that part a little bit of randomness to it and a little bit you can control so it'd be cool to go online and be able to actually play against people in battle network i think that'd be that's probably the part of it i'm looking forward to the most because i absolutely adore especially two and three or two of my favorite games of all time but the whole series i love but yeah two and three it peaked and be able to take those online would be pretty sweet yeah i mean it's nice that they're bringing those games to a more like accessible storefront too so more people can play them because god forbid you try and buy those games now they're they're pretty pricey <laughs> but then it and is it the I always forget how many games are in that franchise because I know that there's the there's that spin-off. There's six actual games. I'm, okay. I mean, there's there's six actual games. They're not including Battle Chip Challenge, which I mean, I, it's fine. It's not a game I really want to play again. Or Network Transmission, my favorite. Yes, our Network <laughs> Transmission. Yeah, Battle Chip Challenge is pretty lame. It's kind of like a simulation game. You don't even control the actual character. You just like pick cards and go from there, but it still would have been nice to throw it in there, but they got all the different versions of each game, so they got it's six actual games, but I think it's going to be, they touted as ten games because starting with three, each one had two versions. Yeah, and, and nobody's going to probably play through all of those, but yeah, it, it's good that they did that. It looks like a good collection. Capcom's been doing great with all those Mega Man collections so far. Like, I recently just picked up the, the Zero and ZX collection. It's good stuff. Yeah, all those they, they, in the X collections and the legacy collections. Yeah, they're they're hitting on all cylinders for sure. All right, let's see. So we got a couple of more, couple more topics here, a couple more awards to give out. So Buck, what was your favorite piece of gaming bling you picked up this year? Ah, favorite piece of gaming bling. That's probably a pretty tough one. Is it the, tough because uh, you didn't pick up much, or tough because... I, I didn't pick up a lot, but... Of uh, outside gaming bling, but probably my uh, Dr. Doom foot dive wall scroll. <laughs> With my yeah. canvas print. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Didn't know that it, was a thing. Oh, yeah. Etsy's a beautiful thing. That's for sure. You can get anything there. I'm... I'm actually sending you a picture right now. Yeah, you need so. to. You need, you need to. You didn't even announce that you got that. You're kind of an asshole for that. <laughs> Tell me that does that look awesome. Well, once I get it, once I download that greatness, <laughs> I hope it's pixel for pixel with the Dreamcast version. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's good let me, stuff. Let me see, let me see this. 
Oh, that's pretty good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, art, that's artistic. It is. That's talent right there. It's intimidating. I love it. Someone should put that on that, their fence instead of beware of dog. It's just foot dive, Dr. Doom. <laughs> so that is something to beware of. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I was going to say, the, the one thing that I think is probably my favorite is I got a uh, a full-size uh, Halo helmet that's uh, that's painted yellow because my character is always yellow. So I got a full-size actual wearable yellow Halo helmet. Nice. Perfect for Halloween and other occasions. Yeah. That's probably was that, my was that favorite Nancy piece fine of too, I assume. Or did you just? Uh, it was. It's not yellow. Okay. No, I, I did not do it. Oh, it's, again, for the fact that it's, it's actually like full size and, and wearable, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Not that I'm gonna go out wearing it everywhere, but you know, those are kind of unique things I picked up as far as gaming playing. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I was I was thinking about it. Like, I got a lot of cool games from like Limited Run and stuff this year. But I, I, I think I definitely have to give it to the uh, Castlevania Anniversary Collection, like limited edition box set that I got. No, the one for like run. 175 bucks. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, they could, which is obviously for the Anniversary Collection, which has all of like Castlevania one through four and some of the Game Boy games and Bloodlines on it, and it, it comes with like a little. Oh, I, I always forget with like a shadow box with some original Castlevania art by some some artist, and then it plays. I can't remember if it's Vampire Killer or uh, Bloody Tears when you press the button on it, but it's pretty cool. Is it, is it the main intro music? <laughs> is it that song? See, like I haven't played it in a while. Like I haven't actually like taken it out of the box and like hit the button since probably a couple days after I. I brought it home, so I don't remember off the top of my head which one it is. Uh, oh, but it, okay. it's pretty neat. And then it comes with some uh, some other cool stuff, you know, like steel books and like art books and soundtracks and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's definitely nice nice on display when I finally find a nice little some type of bookshelf to put it on. Still not quite there with my setup in the new house. Hey, it'll be it'll be a sweet setup though. Well, uh, it'll it'll eventually maybe I'll eventually have a nice shelf for it once the uh, Castlevania Requiem collection comes this year. Hopefully this year. <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't come this year, I think it's the last item I'm waiting on from Limited Run. So um, I know those those big ones take a little bit longer, but I'm I'm looking forward to that one too. I'm looking at the list here. I'm starting to go cross-eyed looking at it. <laughs> You're, you're just looking at the foot dive thing. Yeah. Uh, so here's an here's an interesting award. What was just the best game in general you played last year? It doesn't have to be a game that released last year, but just the, the most enjoyable game that you may have replayed or something like that. I'm gonna throw that at you first because I gotta think on that for a minute. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, and mine, mine's pretty easy actually. It's something I just recently played and. Um, I think it was within the last month, just randomly one day, I was just like, you know what? I need to go back. And I need to play the original Devil May Cry. Um, and I, you know, I, I busted out the HD collection. It's been probably about two years or no, it's actually been longer than that. It's probably been about six years since I've played it. And I wrote a review and it's, it lives online somewhere. And, uh, I spoke very, very highly of it when I, when I replayed it then, but I was like, does it, does it still hold up? I'm just curious because, you know, I've played Devil May Cry 5 since, and it is... Yeah. Mm, the game is amazing. 
almost almost faultless in my book. But I went back and That's played impressive. it, and there is there is just something about that original game, and just kind of that DNA of it being, you know, like a Resident Evil game before it turned into Devil May Cry. Just kind of that gothic atmosphere, the exploration of you know just trying to find keys to get through different doors and shit, while still doing the uh, the fun a- action combat that has obviously evolved and become much better in the series since then. But I still think it holds up pretty good uh, from that original. And uh, I played through that in the course of probably two, two and a half days. And uh, I, I think I actually probably appreciate it even more than I did before, which is usually a concern I have for games from like that vintage, especially like PS2. Yeah, the PS2 realm. era is kind of the, I don't, that's like the era I think I've replayed stuff the least from. I got real fond memories of a lot of stuff, but I don't think there just hasn't been a good way to replay a lot of those games. So I haven't replayed a lot of those. Yeah, so I, I'm always a little, I'm always a little skittish about doing it because I'm like, do I want to, do I want to run the risk of ruining that memory of just really liking this game? And that 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 will never get taken away, but it's always like, do I want to tarnish that a little bit by just being like, yeah, the game didn't age that well. Um, in this case, I think the game is is still phenomenal. It still holds up. It's it's wholly unique amongst the rest of the the Devil May Cry series as well. While the combat is not as, you know, rich and fulfilling as it was in the newer games, minus Devil May Cry 2, I replayed five missions in that after I finished it, and that game's worse than I remember. So that's something. It already wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, I played, you know, I was like, I'm just going to play through, you know, the first three games again, and I played through the first five missions of Devil May Cry 2, and I'm like, this game is absolute trash. Like, I had fonder memories of that than since I played it. That one went down. But yeah, the the original just there's just there's just something about it that just nice blend of you know like I said the Resident Evil the that it doesn't feel like a survival horror game but it just kind of has that that nice exploration tension moodiness that I, it wouldn't have had otherwise had they just probably developed it on its own to begin with. Yeah, that's uh, not one I expected. But yeah, I knew you were telling me you were replaying it a few weeks ago. Well, there you go. I hope you, I hope you figured something out while I was, you know, regaling you oh, with that story. I, I did figure something out, and it's going to be a uh, TurboGrafx-16 game, or should I say like a Turbo Duo CD game. It's Lords of Thunder. Lords of that's a, Wow, that's a real happy console gamer take right there, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever played it? I have not. I have it's- not. Probably my favorite shmup of all time. It's uh, got some epic rocking music there, and it's uh, kind of set up like Mega Man with the stage select. And you bring in, you go on each level, you get to pick like your loadout, your type of, basically type of character you want to be. So you have, I think there's four different options there. Basically, there's like a fire set up, a water, earth, and wind or whatever. And it's just some of the... The uh, best shooting out there. So right up there with like Gidarius and Silver Gun. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I like a lot better than that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so right there, Gidarius in my book for like the best. Oh, but no, that's one that, that you should definitely try out. Like it wasn't even on my radar. Have you heard you the channel Shmup Junkie? Yes. Okay, yes. so follow on his stuff and. Uh, 
I already knew like of Lords of Thunder, but basically I got a Wii U a while back, and that's one of the games that was just randomly on the the download service there, and I was like, oh, I'll just it check really? it out. Yeah, that's interesting. I was going to ask you like, For how like do you go about bucks. playing this title? <laughs> I actually want to get the the physical version of it. I have no like Turbo Duo games or anything else, but I want to get that even though I don't have the system just to have it like a physical version of it because I like it that much and it's rare when I want to you know buy something for a system I don't even have just to to have it basically as a shmup though that's got to be probably pretty pricey yeah it's not cheap that's why I haven't done it because it's over 100 bucks so yeah, it's, it's, it's only going to get worse right <laughs> exactly but no that's uh probably my one of my most surprising game or oh, probably not the most surprising but yeah, I was probably my favorite like new to me game I played this year that obviously didn't come out this year and definitely one cool. you, should, check you should, that out. should check out. Yeah, I'm sure you've got ways to play it. Uh, I'm sure you've got ways to play it too. So, I mean, obviously play it however you can. I will say the, uh, there's a version for Turbo Graphics, for Turbo Duo, whatever, and there's a version for Sega CD. But the Sega CD version is not as good as far as the sound goes and the graphics are a little worse and it's a lot easier. So I don't know if you want that, if that's good or bad. <laughs> All right, I'm playing that one. That sounds yeah. good. It's a lot easier. Is that because there's extra slowdown? No, it's because like you, you can take extra damage and your, your sword, like you have a sword in this game besides your guns. Like if you get close to somebody, you like attack them with a huge gun. sword. I know, I know man. I know. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> More like zero for Mega Man. If you get close, you got like a saber that you attack him with. It like does a crap ton of damage in the Sega CD version, which obviously I've emulated in other ways, but I certainly don't own that one either. I think that one's like four hundred bucks. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, I prefer the Turbo Graphics version just because like the sounds better and like the the sound the songs in this game are really freaking sweet. So one to check out for sure. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So, I think that brings us into what, I don't know, this feels like a similar question to maybe what I just asked. And maybe this is just because I want to talk about it, I don't know. Because I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, <laughs> the, the, the award is, what was your biggest surprise of 2022? Which, I feel like I've already asked that exact question. I mean, this is, well, mine's going to be different. Mine's going to be off the wall, something you're not going to expect. So. Oh, so is mine, so it's a coin flip. Okay, well, I'll go You don't. Go you first. won't see mine coming a mile away, I guarantee you, you. You won't see mine coming either, I promise. Love it, love it. Okay, I'll go first then. I'll go first, since I've had you okay. sitting in anticipation since like That's two right. days ago. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say the first one, um, I got two, the first one less interesting. Okay. I know you've, you've heard of uh, Vampire Survivors. Yes. Um, that twin stick, I guess. Twin like. stick Castlevania. Yes. You want to call it, it. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I finally, I finally played it a couple of days ago. I downloaded it on my phone because you can't download it on PS4 or PS5. It's like an Xbox exclusive. Which it's on is, Game Pass. Yeah. So I have yeah, it on there. It's sweet. Which sucks. But because I wanted to play it on controller, because on your phone it's just kind of you know sucks because yeah, it's on your phone. But it's still pretty fun. I'd heard people talking about that, and I'd had some friends that played it, and they're like, yeah, it's really cool. And I, I watch videos of it, and I'm just like, I mean, sure. <laughs> but just like, 
the the whole concept of it, I was like, man, I bet I'd probably like that. And, you know, I've been I've been addicted to it for like the last two or three days. Um, that one's been pretty fun. So that was kind of a surprise for me. I didn't think I'd actually uh, jump into it yet. But then the the next one is um, this year marks the 10 year anniversary of the last time I read a novel. And uh, so, you know how much I love to read. Um <laughs> Is a, is a running joke. Uh, Buck is the one that stopped me from enjoying reading back in fifth That's grade. When we started playing Pokemon. So the last book that I read, which was 10 years ago, was a St- Stephen King novel, no, The Dark Towers, uh, The Gunslinger, which okay. was a book I really liked. And then this year, I didn't even think about it, that it was like a 10-year anniversary or anything. I, do, I was just so happy, just looking for, for new stuff. I was online on Amazon looking up like uh, games or like manga or whatever. And one of the things that I'd been kicking in the back of my mind for the last couple of years was like, you know, I'd, I'd heard about Vampire Hunter D for a long time. I was like, that seems like something that would really be up my alley. And uh, I decided to go ahead and and pick up the first three books, read the first one this year. Very good. And I actually bought it thinking that I, I, I'd done such little research. I was just like, this character seems cool. This sounds kind of like Castlevania, something I'd be interested in. And I thought it was a manga, but it's actually just a novel series. Yeah, it's a light novel series, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's pretty light. Most of the books are between 200, 250 pages. I, pretty, think, I think that's what they call a lot of, I think they call like a lot of those books light novels in Japan. That's the ones that are basically like, I don't know if the like stuff for like young adults, they call them like light novels or something, but I think that's, I don't know. I might just be off on a regular tangent, but yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know if you are, but I think that like the cadence that they've been written, there's like 50 volumes of it or something at this point. Um, Cause I, th- I think it originally, I don't know if it started in like the seventies. I could be wrong. Oh there, dang it. I didn't know it's been that far back. It could be. It's been, it's been a while. And I know that. So the first, the first book, it had a, an anime movie adaptation and it's the, just the original vampire hunter d and it was came out in the 80s and i watched it yesterday actually and uh, it's very it's kind of got that that real 80s anime charm where like not everything is completely animated and it's <laughs> a lot of still shots and um it, it, but like we grew up with that kind of jank so we can like appreciate yeah. that yeah it like it, it gave me some real like like old macross vibes um even though that was lot, probably a lot better of animated. uh a lot of reused uh, scenes, like 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 the Gundam shows back then. Macross, like every fight was like the same shot of like the dude shooting the gun. Yeah, or like a lot of just like a dude looking out a window and his like just hairs moving, but that's it. If that's <laughs> happening, um, but it, it was it was interesting and like it. I think Vampire Hunter D is, is kind of cool for people who like Castlevania, who like maybe enjoy like the Witcher series because it's basically just like about a. Uh, half human half vampire bounty hunter um and it and just like him going to like hunting uh you know like ancient vampires called nobility or just like other monsters and stuff too um just taking on odd jobs um i think it's pretty interesting definitely gonna keep reading the series for a while at least until i get sick of reading books again probably won't be that long <laughs> um but i know that like the first the third the third book in the in the series is what uh, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlines, the second animated movie. I think it came out in the nineties. Was supposed to be very very good. That's the one that's like super popular. Yeah, and that's the uh, one I have, I believe. 
Yeah, and I haven't watched that one, but I want to read. I want to read the bu- the book first, um, and it, it's probably not as necessary with that one. But I'm glad I read. I'm glad I read the book first before watching this this first animated movie because it's yeah, you might have not gotten into it otherwise. It went so fast, and I was just like, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Even though it it was like mostly beat for beat what happened in the book, I'm just not sure I would have followed it. Um, so um, it it was just. It, it was just interesting that I, I, I found that series, and I also have the the PlayStation One game that came out in the states somehow, which is basically How's that? <laughs> it's a, it's it's basically a Resident Evil survival horror game where you you have like swords and magic and stuff. Um, oh. it's it's interesting. I think it's also based around the the Bloodlines story arc. So I'm kind of waiting. I, I played a little bit of it. I was like, well, this is. This is interesting. I mean, the controls suck, but it's interesting. So something new for me to sink my teeth into, no pun intended, I guess. Yeah, I did, did not expect that. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. I always like it when I find a, a kind of like a new a new franchise with a lot of different things in there that I can kind of get into. And I've, I've been sort of, because I've been having an issue getting into a lot of video games recently, I've been trying to find other, at other avenues of, of interest, like watching anime and stuff. And I'm trying to find different types that might interest me. And that just so happens to lead to like, I just finished the devil may cry animated series and it sucks. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Like what happened? I got I get the first like set of DVDs came free with the uh, with Devil May Cry Four back in the day when I bought it, mm-hmm. so I still have that. I watched it. and I was like, I'm not watching the rest of it. It's so boring. There's no action in it at all. Well, it's all like the, the Wild action. Arms anime too is lame. Oh yeah, that, that's worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you should check out uh, like Spy Cross Family or Spy X Family or whatever. That's a good one that I think you would like. Yeah, one of my other buddies has been talking that one up for me a lot. Um, well, it's somebody, e- easy watch too. Yeah, like the the best place is like twenty to thirty episodes. Yeah, know? I think it just got like a second season. They're only twelve episode seasons, and obviously, like having kids, you'll appreciate it more too. So yeah, but I've, I've got I've got probably like ten animes on the, the back burner at the moment. So I'm curious now. I've got to dive into that a little bit. What you've been watching? Well, no, no, I have him on the back burner. Like I wasted okay, my I time with Devil May Cry. I, <laughs> it that took me a couple weeks to get through because I wasn't <laughs> exactly wasn't exactly excited to keep watching it. I was glad <laughs> I did because I thought a little bit towards the end was interesting. But um, some of the other things that I have on my you know, you know my back burner, like I want to watch some of the the Berserk movies. Um, I know a couple of those are or one. Two of those are good. A couple of them are supposed to be really bad, aren't they? Yes. Um, like the I haven't early... done research there. But I also think I'd be interested in reading that, that manga, too. Yes, um, I'd definitely like to read. I know the, the author just passed away last year. Yes, that, that's unfortunate. He didn't get a chance to, I don't, to I don't, finish it. Yeah, so maybe somebody else will take up the mantle. They, but, yeah, um, they are. They're finishing it. They said they have like his story, so they're going to finish it. They'll probably finish it more efficiently. Um, <laughs> on what I've heard, like I want to watch Helsing. I think that looks good. I want to rewatch Trigun. Yes, Trigun is obviously fantastic. Yu Yu Hakusho, even though it's a long one, mm, is still I'm not, I'm not worth a rewatch. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna do that one again. I might watch the tournament arcs or something, but the I, first two for sure, like the first arc and the dark tournament, are worth watching. It goes off the rails a little bit after that, but yeah, I, I have I have good memories of that show, but. 
yeah, I don't, I don't think I have the time or patience for that. So I will say it, it's one that still holds up. Like, like I love DBZ to death, but it does not hold up near as well as Yu Yu Hakusho. That's probably true. I, cause I don't like ever remember Yu Yu Hakusho just having like the amount of just like dead episodes. No, it's, it, it definitely, it holds up way better. Obviously I like, We'll say the Dragon Ball movie we saw though, I was enjoyed it, fairly impressed. So, Super yeah. yeah, that was good. And, and I was, and I wasn't disappointed coming off of uh, Broly, because um, I just actually recently rewatched that one, probably three or four months ago too. I mean that that one I like, I still like more. I think. Yeah, I mean I don't just because I love Piccolo and Gohan. Gohan's my favorite character, so to see him actually get love for the first time in forever was pretty epic but yeah the broly movie just in general was just a magnificent set of freaking animation everything else like that was it was it was beautiful. the best fight scene in this franchise without even yeah question i don't have to think about it so yes. regardless if you don't like vegeta and goku i know there's people out there that don't you yeah um, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um uh yeah I, I, I get that. Like I, a lot of those animes, like I, part of me, you know how much I was into outlaw star back when we were younger. Yeah. It's like, maybe I'd want to rewatch that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, I feel like that would still hold up. I feel like stuff like that for sure. Cowboy bebop holds up, but outlaw star. I mean, I really think would too. I haven't watched it since I don't think I, we were in high school, but I feel like that would still be hold up better than a lot of stuff. I like, I like how, just like non anime versed I sound when I talk about the animes that I'm like excited to watch <laughs> that I have watched. I'm like I'm a I'm a tsunami kid. Like I did not get a lot past that. So Gundam Gundam Wing is tough to go back to, I will say that. There's uh, a lot of political intrigue in dead episodes, but I still love Endless Waltz. The movie was really good. That that's a great movie. Yeah, that just kind of crushes it down into like a perfect diamond. Yes, so, I get that. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have anything else to add to that. I read a book this year or last year. Yeah, yeah last year technically, since Congrats. it's what, January second. So, oh, so what was so what was your surprise of 2022 that I have no idea? It's coming out of nowhere. It's it's coming out of nowhere. So the biggest surprise I got on been watching a lot of videos from like. Uh, the geek critiquing King K, and they've been on a little bit of a Sonic kick, so I picked up some Sonic games. Oh, dude, I don't blame you. I I thought about doing that the other day. I picked up like uh, I got Generations Unleashed and O Six. And uh, Sonic O Six, I actually really enjoyed. It's probably my favorite 3D Sonic. What? Yeah. What? what? Have, have you played it? Actually, no, that's the really janky one, right? That's the really janky one. All right, talk the to one, me about the one this. that everyone hates on. Yeah, I, I played it a little bit, uh, it has, but I don't remember it at all. It's, it's crazy that like the amount of hate it gets because it obviously it has bugs and stuff and it has problems. It also probably has like the best level design in any 3D Sonic that like no oh, one talks about. I have a hard time believing that. And there's there's a game too that if you want, I don't know, your computer could probably run it called Project 06. That someone redid Sonic 06 without the jank that wasn't rushed, and it's yeah. a really really freaking good game. And like 06, it obviously has like tons of jank, but it has more. It's trying to do more things, and I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed like I, I played uh, Sonic Adventure 2. I beat it for the first time this year. 
I like Sonic 06 more than Sonic Adventure 2, which is blasphemy. That's I really weird. It's like, I know the Knuckles levels hold it back, but... Yeah, yeah there's no so levels weird. like that. And, like, 06 has, like, they introduce Silver a character. They basically use a telekinesis and, like, chucks objects and stuff at people. And there's certainly some jank with it, but... I mean, I thought that was really cool being able to, like, grab missiles and bullets out of thin air and, like, throw them back at people. It and sounds the, cool in theory. It, like, the, the last boss is probably one of the coolest things because they have, so they have, like, Sonic in the present and then Silver in the future and Shadow in the past. And they're all three, like, in their super modes fighting the same guy in different eras. And it goes back and forth between them, like... The game is probably trying for more things than any other Sonic game. and. If they would have had, like, another year, people would be talking about this as, like, the greatest Sonic game ever. It's crazy how much it was rushed and made it janky. Like, I ran into some glitches where, like, in the... the there's, like, auto-running levels or parts of some levels that are auto-running. And, like, sometimes if you, like, trip over a barrel, your dude just goes careening into, like, the abyss and dies. That sounds awesome, though. Yeah. But I had more fun with that game than uh, any other... Sonic game like more than Unleashed or I'm going through Generations now which is, Dude, is Generations fantastic. is great that's but, my favorite one I but think. the biggest like is the I expected this game to be like pure and utter trash like we played a lot of games that are I mean I feel like 06 gets more hate than most games period out there and like we played a, played a lot of trashy Nintendo and like super games that are actually trash and, and the fire. amount of yes the amount of hate like <laughs> Sonic 06 gets versus, like, games that are actually garbage is insane to me. Like, I expected it to be, like, one of the worst games I've played, and I was like, this game is actually, like, really ambitious. Well, I, I gotta ask, how did you play it? Where where did you play it? PS3. Okay, yeah, so I can't yeah. play it. That's no, it's not. In the, it's supposed <laughs> to run worse than the 360 version, so I, I bought it for, like, five bucks new on eBay. Awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like I have it, and it, I don't feel like I I ever played it. I think at that point I was kind of done with 3D Sonic games until Generations came out and I got a little bit more into it because Sonic Adventures 2 was where I kind of gave up. I, it yeah, was a good I, I game. Like, but. I feel like Frontiers looks interesting, but it's open world, yeah. which scares me. So. Yeah, it scares me more than it looks interesting, for sure. Um, I don't know. Like, Yeah, I saw some like I just downloaded Sonic. It's the one where you can like create your own character. Oh, Forces. Sonic... Yeah, Sonic Forces. I know that one's not supposed to be that great, but that. But Hoobastank gonna... guy sings the intro, so. Well, then it's got to be the greatest Sonic. Game. Yeah, it's. Love I it. don't know how you can beat that. I won't be able to. I know that. Um, yeah, that I mean, game that also is is not bad. It's just uh, I was free on PS Plus like a year ago and. It's just very brain dead. It sounds like a Sonic game to me, man. Yeah, it's like auto running. Just basically, it's one of the games where like you push boost to win kind of thing. Yeah, it doesn't sound that interesting. I mean, that was one of the reasons why I really like Generations is the fact that it was all like Sonic and Shadow levels, and then it was at 3D, and then yeah, it went between that and the side-scrolling levels. I'd like 3D Sonic more than I like 2D Sonic. I think you agree with that. Yes. Um, I feel like that's an unpopular opinion, but uh, yeah, there there is something about that just kind of 
Speed yeah, is cooler, is... and just like the gr- the grand scale of it, like it helps. It's like its own genre. Like no one else, still to this day, does. I know a lot of people hate on it, but like no one else does anything really like it. It's just kind of crazy to me that still, you know, twenty years later, after twenty almost five years after it came out of Dreamcast Sonic Adventure, that they no like developer has tried to copy the the framework of 3D Sonic. I mean, I'm sure there's indies out there that I don't know of that are absolutely doing it. Yeah, I don't know if there's ones that are doing the 3D iteration. I mean, you got like Freedom Planet One and Two that are doing the 2D yeah, Sonic. Yeah, which are which are cool games, but there's like a Jester the something that like tries to copy 3D Sonic. I forgot what it was. It's Jester. I know that. Okay, <laughs> but it's it's only on PC, so I don't have anything good enough to run it. So. But yeah, I was uh, beyond shocked to actually really enjoy Sonic 06 and for it to be, after Generations, it might not be my favorite, but to be like my favorite game. And I can see like if they would have literally, if they wouldn't have gotten rushed so much and had to, Sonic Team wouldn't be such idiots and Sega, I should say, to make them rush it out the door because they made them rush it out for the 15th anniversary. It had to be done like that November. And they yeah. said they needed like another year and they didn't get anyone to be able to like play test it basically. But yeah, it's crazy. Like the, the scope and level design and all the, the ideas they had are really cool. And it's not as janky as people would lead you to believe. That's good. That That's it. That'd be interesting. You've given me like two or three games that I need to add to my bucket list this year. That won't yeah, be one of a... them probably because I need to get a new PS3 because mine's busted, but. Yeah. <laughs> one of these days. Yeah, one of these but days. But if, if you ever get a chance to, like, if your computer can run Project 06, you should check that out because, like, they supposedly fixed, like, a lot of the issues with some slowdown and some graphical glitches and whatnot. And it's supposed to be gone from, like, a game that everyone hates to a game that everyone loves with a few quick fixes, which I find really weird that it could turn something around that quick. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like I, I know that PS3 emulation has has grown leaps and bounds over the last few years. So yeah, it would be interesting. I do have a new computer. Or I yeah, have this a is like that's someone. New to me. Yeah, <laughs> put it that way. No, Project 06 is someone like just coded like they couldn't find the code of the game because Sega got rid of like Sonic 06 from all the online stores and everything, and they like recode everything themselves and the Unity engine or whatever, and like made everything from the ground up apparently like, i think they go like if you watch over like the completionist or king k videos i think both talk about it but it looks interesting well very cool so i think that that is the end of our award ceremony for 2022 unless buck you have something else i do not that's it <laughs> that is that is it i think that's pretty good like i said 2022 while I, I think I was just like a curmudgeon for games this year. I don't I don't think it was a disappointing year. I think there was a vast quantity of good titles. Like there was even a bunch of games that I wanted to play that I didn't have a chance to even try. Like I wanted to play Shimigami Tensei Five. Um, I wanted to play Evil West. I wanted to play the new Gungrave game. I just didn't have time, and I bought Pokemon instead, which was a mistake. So yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely, like I said, there was a handful of games, too, that I'm looking forward to to get to play for next year. And I'm trying to trying another shot at the Yakuza games, too, so we'll see if that takes it all. Yeah, good luck. Good games, but 
Uh, I just the fact that there's so many of them at this point, it's a little daunting for me. See, I'm, I don't know. Like I started zero, but I don't know if I should start there or start at like a yep. dragon since it's completely well that, new characters, new generation RPG versus you know the standard. Well, if you're gonna start there, I mean, you could stop there too in that in that instance because it's not the same characters; it is the same world. That's um, true. It's just the future. So. And if you like that gameplay, you might not like the other gameplay. So, I mean, it's kind of whatever. Both, yeah, I've both already, are interesting. I, like, I played Zero a few years ago for a while, but it, I fell off. So I might try it again. I, yeah, that, that'd be the best place to start as far as I'm concerned. It releases, I've heard. So, we're like I said at the beginning of the episode, we our goal is to... 2023. Resolution. we <laughs> finally found, uh, hopefully more time and we're going to try and schedule more episodes probably i don't know buck i don't know what you can fit in but i'm hoping for maybe at least one at least one every other week that's what i like to do um at least try that out and if we can fit in more great uh try to come up with a more uh scheduled release this year and uh Try not to be two years before we come have a new episode. Well, it'll yeah, so it's not three years before we finish our top hundred games countdown. We've got <laughs> a lot to go there. Might need to do some some update cleaning on that. Some Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be back soon. We've got some ideas in the pipeline uh, for this year. I think Buck suggested that he wanted to talk about our uh, what was it our our bucket list games for 2023 that we wanted to try and. Not yeah, just games we want to get out of our backlog that we've had here for probably, you know, could be a year, could be 20 years that we've been would like to actually beat this year. Which we, we say that every year, but we never get to them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> play, played Sonic, Sonic 06 <laughs> instead. Okay. <laughs> it was not on my list. I'll tell you that. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that sounds good. Thank you guys for, you know, whatever you guys did for the last two years, uh, not listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Sorry we weren't uh, more present, but we had a lot going on, but we're glad to be back at it. And as always, I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you've been listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. See you guys soon. Thanks, guys.